Welcome back to That Rugby Podcast, hosted by the Sports Booth, and myself, Luke, and my co-host, Husey. Ah, what a week of footy, eh? What a weekend of footy. Yeah. Great, great weekend of footy. Uh, Positive results and negative results. First look at the Eddie Jones second coming uh, at the Wallabies. Not the, probably the hot start he was hoping for, but what it was, I think, was a real revelatory experience, and a lot of questions that he might have had were answered, so... And we'll, we'll get into some more um, analysis of the game. But uh, the All Blacks look good. Um, and the, the Springboks look, look deadly. South Africa in a World Cup year. What else? What more do you need to say? <laughs> totally, yeah. I mean, the two two top teams, I think, of the, the rugby championship flex their muscles big time um, over the weekend. Um, but that wasn't all the rugby, obviously. Uh, yeah. All Blacks XV. Uh, Australia A coming up this week. The Wallaroos. Yeah. The Wallaroos the 20s. Under twenty, so we'll cover all that today. But let's let's start with with the first game of the rugby championship. South Africa, uh, we have what the South Africans are now happily calling the B to- B team. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely the B team. You know, with the no, South Africa's got great depth. You know, um, and those wingers are just deadly, just yeah. deadly. Um, look, I really look. It was. How do, I, how do I put it? Look, it? Hostile territory, the Wallabies never won there. It was always going to be a um, difficult ask, you know, to go there and to go there and win. But I think what it was good for was uh, finding out. Eddie Jones got to see his players in live game action in in his system, see how they play to it. Uh, right? Um, you know, I, I and I think there was. What was good about that is he had some plays that clearly he liked, you know? yeah. um, and we got to see if those players would work well in Wallabies colours in the Wallabies system. The answer for some of them was yes, the answer for others was no, right? Um, I'm going to focus on the positives first yeah. because there are precious few of them, um, <laughs> and but but there were some positives now. And I'm going to say as well for South Africa, for the people saying also B-side, whatever, Kurtley Aronser is not a B-side player. You've got a <laughs> lot of, you know, they, they've got, they've put, they put, you know, they just got a very deep uh, side. Positives. Marika Carbetti doesn't look like he's lost any speed, power, ferocity. He looks amazing. Uh, very outstanding performance from him once more, right? Um, very, very happy with, with how he played, right? Uh in the four pack, Skelton and Arnold, the two imported second rows, looked very good. Nick Frost didn't look out of place either, so that was an area of concern for the Wallabies. But I think that's actually they were actually probably some of the best in the forward pack on the weekend, along with Bobby B, Michael Hooper. Where we were let down, pretty much everywhere else, right? <laughs> um, but the most obvious one, and it's re- he's really become the the poster child for what went wrong with this game, is Suliasi Vunivalu, right? High ceiling, low floor is how he plays, and that's exactly what we saw. You know, the fact that he was beaten three times on his wing for tries, as well as uh, yellow card and penalty try and things like that, just not a good game from Vunavali by any stretch. And really, it should be the last time we see him in Wallabies colours against another Tier 1 nation. Right? I could, you know, I could see resting some of our A team for uh, sides for, you know, Tier 2 and below nations in the World Cup pool stages and things like that. I think that's what you keep him around for, if you keep him around at all. But 
Mark Nwangani Tawase, it, it looks like there's a, a clear night and day gap between him and Vunabalu. I, I think Vunabalu had his chance, and that's it. Look, last year, he couldn't crack the Australia A squad over Marky Mark. So I think, Eddie, clear sign, Vunabalu, not it. Um, sorry, I missed out on one of the other real positives, uh, which was Carter Gordon, obviously making his debut. Looked really good. Scored that try right at the end of the game. Um, and look, doesn't looks looks uh, like Nick Frost doesn't look out of place in a goal jersey, right? I, I would be happy to see him start against Argentina. I think that'd be really interesting to see. But I suspect Eddie's probably just gonna, again, sort of be using these this rugby championship as putting, you know, looking at his pieces, shaving and shaping his side. He's not really. I don't know if he's looking. He's necessarily. Um, I think he's looking to win every game, but I think his focus is the World Cup, not this rugby. Um, other areas where we were let down, look, I think the, the squad selection by Eddie was questionable. I get it. I get it. I absolutely get it. You don't want to rush Karevi back in and injure him before the World Cup. So you don't want him to play a full game back straight away in hostile territory against Africa. I guess it's a very physical uh, Springbok team. So, you know, you need to use someone else at inside center. Um, but you put Reese Hodge there. That I don't quite understand. I think what we discussed, what we thought was Hodge was going to be the fullback and then you'd have just someone else at inside center. Just put someone else in there. Australia's got centers, right? And you've got people that can cover that position. Hodge just didn't look effective at all in that 12 jersey. And Tom Wright, again, I just don't think he's the fullback. I don't think he's the fullback for Australia. Um, I think this Wallabies team would look very different with someone like Kellaway uh, at the back there when he's healthy. Um, you know, you get a back line there with Karevi really rehab properly from injury. No one need to ask and Corobetti on the wings, Kellaway at fullback. Um, you know, Iki Tau or someone else at outside center. I think you've, you've got a pretty good set of outside backs there. The front row as well was a bit disappointing. Um, I think it was high effort from Slipper and Alatoa, but sort of once, but still not that great. Parecki looked good, even though he did get that yellow card and penalty try, which is unfortunate, but it sort of is what it is. I can't, can't really cry foul on that one. It sort of is. It's one of those messy situations that it is what it is. Um, I, the the replacement front row were, you know, not really a factor. I think ULSA was pretty disappointing, actually. Yep. Um, and then Tom Hooper was actually really disappointing for my mind. I was expecting really big things from him, and it just didn't, just didn't come out to play. So, I think that's good though because now we've seen, okay, this is their, this is how these guys play. We know kind of what we're going to get from them now. We've seen them, they're thrown in the cauldron yet and they got burnt. They didn't step up to play. Other people did step up to play. Now we know what we get from them in high pressure situations. And I think that's one thing that you've got to look long term. You've got to look p- further than one game, right? This is, yeah. this is Eddie Jones' project is a five year project, not one year project. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um... I just, I question, I, I think we, we both sit here and question, now looking back in hindsight, obviously, you look back after the, the result and you go, what were some of those selections? Like, I, I'm not not a Tom Hooper fan, like I don't want to say I'm, I'm an yeah. anti-Tom Hooper, but I think he's rated, overrated for yeah. his ability. Not, like, I, I, I wouldn't have mind him in the squad, I don't think he's your first choice six. Like, I, no. I don't think, it's, and it's just interesting going into a, like you've said multiple times, a hostile environment like that and chucking some guys on deep ends, you know, like I still think Vonivalu's 
as you said, high ceiling. Like when he's when he's there and he's got the ability, he can be as good as Kodabiti. And to put him in in South Africa against some of the better wingers and not save him for the game at home in Parramatta, just to me, it's interesting. It's re- I again, I don't want to sit there and say that I don't trust Eddie because Eddie, if anyone knows this as well as anyone, it's Eddie. But. There, there has been some concerning points. And it, it gets me questioning, you know, do Australians get rugby? Do you get it? Because I, 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 I just see you put that in the run sheet. I don't know if you actually understand rugby anymore. Like, that's where I'm getting to that point now where I'm like, do they even know what rugby is? Yeah, I think Eddie Jones has just got a mind that is uh, built differently to everyone else's and just it just looks at the game differently. And I, I think as well, he, he looks at it you know, he spent some time in England now in Europe. He looks at things a bit more long-term than maybe perhaps we do here in the Southern Hemisphere about, you know, looking at his squad and keeping people healthy and, as you know, taking that health factor into consideration as well as chemistry, as well as just, you know, experimenting and seeing what people could do. So... Yeah, I mean... And that, that's that's and what it, I take out of this, is that we've seen, we've seen that these guys, what these guys could do and, you know, okay, great, we've seen what they could do Fine. We've got other people waiting in the wings. We can see what they can do. Now, that's what this rugby championship should be, is looking at seeing what people can do. But at what point, and I guess, and I was about to say, and any you trust, because that's all you've got at the moment, but at what point do you just not have the right cattle? You know what I mean? Like, you can only send so many reserve hookers on their way before you go, we just don't have a fucking reserve hooker. Like, <laughs> you know, where does the line well, stop? Th- well, yeah, I get that. I mean, I think Lockie Lonigan is a is a fine replacement hooker, but I think his his issue is size, right? That's one thing that's been brought up and why Ulesse was in there over him is that he's a bigger body and he wanted to have that bigger body up against the physical South African pack. But, you know, I, I think you've got to... I think it's a fair fair concern. I think that's why Rugby Australia is, is building towards, you know, World Cup 2027, right? And that's why they signed Eddie Jones that five-year deal. To, and that's why they're putting more efforts back into youth rugby and things like that, is to, is to bring up more um, capable players as well. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's, all, it's always a concern. You know, um, reserve hook has always been a concern for a little bit for Australia as well, similar to the second row. Um, but I think it's one that uh, will be addressed. The, the benefit of, uh, of national... Uh, sorry, international rugby, is that it is only 15 on 15, or if you include the 23 on 23, right? So while South Africa can split their squads, and that's great and everything, you can still only put 15 players in the park at any one time. So while we might not have that same depth as South Africa, as long as we've got enough depth to fill those 23 positions, then we can, we can compete, we can compete with anyone. Um, and I think that's, Australia's, though, it needs to make sure that we can, we can keep that depth of having 23 quality players to put out there. And that's what Eddie's is doing. He's, he's looking, saying, "Okay, who are my twenty? Who are my top twenty-three? Who are my twenty-three best players that I can put out there so that we can compete with everyone else?" You know, is you know, is Tom Hooper as as good as what I, what as he is in at Super Rugby level? You know, maybe not. Is Suliasi Vunavalu, you know, ready to show that his flashes are more than just little bursts here and there, but a, he could actually be a consistent quality player like and a good convert like a Marika Karabetti? Uh, and uh, the answer to those were no. And, but we also had other questions, right? How would Carter Gordon 
go, even in just some limited action, he went pretty well. Would having Will Skelton and Richie Arnold in the second row solidify that position for us? Yeah, they looked pretty damn good in those positions, right? Um, you know, and but there's still more questions that need to be answered, and that's what we'll see against Argentina. That's what we'll see against the All Blacks. So now, put it on your Aussie coaching hat. What does the lineup look like? The twenty-three that you select for Argentina, because, like, I don't want to say, as you say, you're experimenting at the moment, and and you know, no matter how bad these results are, if you win a Rugby World Cup, it all matters naught. But losing to Argentina at home this weekend wouldn't be a great look for Eddie's yeah. first two games. So you still need to obviously get the results again. South Africa is a, a yeah. very hard place to play, and I'm not saying that this result is going to decide Eddie's future or anything, but putting on your coaching hat, what 23 are you going with to make sure you get a job done? Uh, look, I, I, the full 23 will be hard to call because I'm not sure about health and injuries and things yeah. like that, right? But I think for the forward pack, I think your forward pack, front rows... Your starting front row stays the same. I think your second row stays the same as well. Like, they weren't bad. South Africa's just very, very good. Yeah. Right? And I don't know that you could do too much to, to tinker with that. I think you could keep um, Hooper at seven, Bobby V at eight. Still a great pairing. I think Holloway at six, though. I think Holloway is just – he's a quality player. Um, and he's high effort as well. And he does – he's productive. I, I, I really would like to see him. I, I'd like to see Fraser McWright in the squad somewhere as well. I think he can – He's ready for that next level push. He's young, full of energy as well. So maybe on the bench or something like that for McWright. I'd like, but I want to see him uh, in the squad. Personally, I'd love to see what they do at the Brumbies happen against Argentina, where you have your sort of veteran playmakers on the bench to close out the game and you have the young guns start. So I'd like to see a pairing of McDermott and Gordon nine and ten to start this game and i think those young running legs will do well at start and then the the level heads later can also um can maybe provide a spark late but also i just want to see more of what they can do right um in terms of backline i think corabetti nawangani tawase your wingers um karevi depending on health should be the starting inside center otherwise i'm not really sure i just don't know who's healthy i would love to see fichetti there if he's healthy, but I don't think he is. Yeah. Uh, Icky Tau at 13, um, can't see a reason to to take him off. And then Callaway at 15, if he's healthy. If he's not, then it's, it's Tom Wright. You know, but I really want it. I really want Callaway to be healthy in that. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's one of those ones. You're never going to be fully healthy, but you just naming those squads. It's so many question marks in the air, like so many. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. And we've talked a lot, obviously, about Australia. South Africa were very, very good. Let's not take away that yeah. this wasn't just a poor, poor Aussie performance. Aussie had to make three times the amount of tackles. You know, South Africa were very good. They didn't kick away as much position as they normally do. They just played very smart, I would say. Um, I, and I, that, that is one thing I did take a little bit of issue, is that early in the game, Australia kicked it quite a bit. And I probably would like to see ball in hand a little bit more. Like, I do like the aggression for, for some of it. You know, like, it was attacking kicks. It wasn't just defensive. Mm-hmm. There was some attacking kicks in there. But I would love to see some more phase play developed. Just hold the ball and just wear the South Africans down a bit more. Like, you're playing at high altitude, but South Africa's also playing there. Like, yeah, they're used to it more than you are, but you could still use it to your advantage. You still wear them out a bit. And I think that's really... The Australians 
didn't control the game as much as South Africa. And I think they could have used some more of that control early on. Um, and they just didn't. Uh, like Argentina, hell, it might even work against the All Blacks, but I think South Africa... Uh, at, the, at that stadium, it was it wasn't the right call. It was you needed to, you could be a bit more grinding. Um, you needed to be a bit more grinding, like what South Africa were. And then when you're gassed, take you on the outside with speed, right? And Bunavalu has got speed when he's in attack. I just think his defense is, is not up to scratch. It's not international standard defense. Yeah, totally. And, and there's a and, reason they picked on his wing. There's a reason they picked on it. Yeah, and I think Argentina were were probably very similar where they kicked away too much position. Um, and just found themselves in a hole, and it's hard to get out of those holes when you get into them. Uh, let's talk about that A-B's game. Um, after a nervy 30 seconds of a charge-down kick, um, it was one-way traffic for the first half. Um, probably the best performance or best half of a performance in the Ian Foster era, um, and I was really impressed with a couple of names. Geordie Barrett... Seems like when he takes off the yellow jersey that has the 12 on the back and puts on the black jersey that has the 12 on the back, he just becomes another <laughs> another player. He's the dang guy. Dang guy, guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it was, yeah, again, he carried, looked really good. Um, uh, Amoni Nawada, Nawai, 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 I think, Nawada, um, looked fantastic on the wing in his debut, another very good winger that we can add. Um, and D-Mac with a start. Um, impressed me a lot. So, look, there's there's pressure on. Even Bodie at the back um, looked really good. Second half fell away, but again, it's there's a lot of these guys have played a Super Rugby final a couple of weeks ago, a long travel out to Argentina. Um, gave up a lot of penalties. I I wasn't too dis- there wasn't there was a lot of guys that put their hands up and not a lot that you know shelled. I thought Dane Coles had his best game yeah. for a long time in All Blacks jersey, and I think yeah everything. Came around away really happy. Um, I could just tell early on, as, as good as that Argentina defence can be, I could see there was gaps opening and I could see opportunities. And I was like, if we get it right, we will take them apart. And, and we ended up doing so. So a good win by the All Blacks. But, I mean, it all means naught now. It legitimately all means naught now because the game of the year before the World Cup is, is happening. Like... If you can't get excited for a team that won 43-12 and a team that won 41-12 coming together in the second round of this rugby championship, you just can't you can't get excited. I don't know what yeah. you can't you can't get excited. So look, those thirteen players that, that came across will have been um, getting ready. I'm really interested what Foster's gonna do with the squad naming. Obviously we're playing at Mount Smart, not the Garden of Eden. So I don't want to already make excuses, but I'm already prepping myself for excuses if we lose this one. Um, but I have no plans for my All Blacks to lose, I can tell you that. Fair enough. Along with the All Blacks, the All Blacks XV also got a very big win um, in Japan. It started off really slow, really messy, but the All Blacks XV turned on. Um, Stan deciding not to fucking show this game was bitterly yeah. disappointing. Um, so for us All Blacks fans that live here, I did. I sat there and I watched it, and Stephen Pirafetta, I thought, played one heck of a game. And to me, I just sat there and went, "Did the did the Blues miss something? Not having like Pirafetta starting for the All Blacks second team, Bowden Barrett starting at fullback for the All Blacks first team, 
and they didn't have that lineup. It just to me was was something was bizarre. And I know Leon McDonald was coach of the All Black Six V, but it was something to take away where I was like, surely these Super Rugby teams can see that talent there, and just didn't didn't obviously use it. So I um, was interested. Japan started strong, but they. As much as this was a Japan XV, there were some very good players involved, and I was a little bit disappointed. I uh, uh, definitely called my jets a little bit on the Japan talk of beating Argentina and uh, England in their pools at the World Cup. I was kind of like, I was more disappointed with Japan than I was with Argentina. Argentina got caught in that all-black storm that sometimes you get caught in when they're on attack and it's just like, fuck, they've scored and they've scored again and then they've scored again and all of a sudden they've led them three tries and you don't really know what's happened. You know, you, 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 it happens to your wallabies all the time, so you, you know how that feels. Because um, the Australians don't get rugby. It's all right. We get it. Um, <laughs> it was a good weekend for me, mate. I, I, what could I say? Like, the All Blacks got a big win, and as, as much as I wouldn't have mind seeing South Africa lose, if there was something to happen like that to get you Aussies a little bit riled up, I'll take it. I'd... We'll, we'll see what happens at the end of the year. <laughs> I'm glad you've got this future plan sorted, that you know that Eddie's planning for the future because all you'll be focusing on now is the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, look, I, we, we always knew rugby championship was going to be an experiment. We knew it's his first game. First game with, what, six months on the job, you know? It's not a lot of time. With a full super rugby season where he hasn't had access to all the players. There's a lot, a lot of work to do. There's a reason he signed a five-year contract, not a one-year contract. If uh, Rennie put out that performance of a team, they'd, they'd be coming for his head. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, because Rennie had several years to do the job. <laughs> several Even, years. You know, I, ga- I gave, I gave Rennie a lot of slack in his first year as well. I did. I gave him a lot of slack in his first year. You know, first year with the team, first year doing this and that. You know, he. he but as time goes on, that's when the pressure mounts, right? When you it's your first year in the job, you've had six months, and you, your first game. Is at Loftberg, uh, in Loftus in um, uh, South Africa, right? That's a tall order for for any coach. Tall order for any coach with a lot of your squad out injured. It's a tall order. What did you What did you make of Eddie's altercation with the uh, press afterwards? Have you seen that? Oh uh, yeah, I saw, I saw a little bit of it. I mean, you know, um, it's, it's good. I like him standing up for his players. I like him standing up for. Africa as well. It is a bit. It is a bit disrespectful to South Africa to those players that go out there, and you know, someone from your own country saying, "Oh, you guys are the B team." Like anyone who pulls on Springboks jersey is a Springbok. Anyone who pulls on the Wallabies jersey is a Wallaby. Anyone who pulls on the All Blacks jersey is a cunt. <laughs> 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 That's good. That's good for me. Yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 that's that harsh, you know. You know not, I should, I should have saved it for England. Um, no, no. Uh, anyone who pulls on an All Black jersey is an All Black. But so to 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 say that is disrespectful to everyone involved. You know, everyone is a professional athlete at a very very high level, and uh, to make that smart ass remark is just it just shows what journalism is nowadays. It's clickbait journalism. It was deliberately trying to get rise out of him. He got the rise out of him, but you know what? good on Eddie for st- standing up for his players like that is just a cheap shot and a, 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 a pretty low thing to say yeah I someone yeah it's easy to, to make smart ass comments like that when you're behind the microphone as a reporter you've got no stakes in the game so you know it's totally reeks of unprofessionalism totally I, I I saw the headline and I was like oh, here we go what, what's happened here but then I read what the guy actually said and I was like well 
I would expect any coach to say that. Like, <laughs> like, because yeah. I'm like, what the what, what the fuck do you mean? Like, are you grateful that they didn't select this? Well, 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 they didn't select a B team. I can tell you that. Like, yeah. Peter Steph uh, Dutoit <laughs> was, you know, World Player of the Year a few years ago. You've got Lucano Arm, yeah. who's a very fine centre, and as we said, uh, Kirtley who is probably one of the best wingers in the world at the moment. So this is def- that was definitely no scrub of a team just because they said, yeah. it's going to be really interesting, like you said, only 23 can be selected. I couldn't tell you what the best 23 South African team is, and it's going to be hard for them yeah. to decide that as well. Like, I, obviously, Eben Etzebeth's going to be involved, and Malcolm Marks are going to be involved. There's a couple of big names there. But other than that, I sat there and went, well... You know, like it'll be really interesting. This this game this week, I don't think I've been more hyped for an international game for a very long time. Except for I must say, after after the Bledisloe Cup game, Bernard Foley, you know, that game, I was pretty hyped for the next one because I knew we were gonna pump you by fifty points and it was gonna be really good. Um so I was a hype for that one, but yeah, this one has got me a nervous hype where I'm like, Oh, I could actually they could actually beat us, but we could smoke them and this is going to be fantastic. So I'm expecting some fantastic rugby. I'm expecting um, – I wouldn't want to be the referee in that game, I can tell you that much, and that's yeah. saying something because, yeah. Um, but shall we move on to the Wallaroos and the Black Ferns, the women's teams killing yeah. our Northern American rivals. Um, yeah. We beat Canada and you beat USA. Is that correct? Yeah. I got that the right way? Yeah. On the weekend after we had thumped you 50-0 the week before – um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I love seeing women's football getting more and more um, publicity, more and more game time, more series like this. I know that means we've qualified for that WXV1, the uh, new women's tournament that they're bringing out. Um, and I assume if you beat Canada, you shall also qualify. Shall we talk? Sure, but that sounds about right. Yeah, I would. I would assume so. But I'm again. I've got no idea. I, I haven't read enough on. I'm too focused on South Africa right now. I am laser focused on making sure I get myself prepared for my All Blacks to beat the South Africans. Even though I know I play no part in it, but I've got to be ready just in case. You've got to channel your energy. Exactly. Um, you brought up an interesting point before about. Oh, sorry. Did you need a minute? You're good. No. Okay. Um, you brought up an interesting point before about uh, Australia and like not having enough bodies and, and things like that. I think there's any indication that in the future we will have some really good bodies. It's the under-20, where <laughs> the under-20 Australians, once again, have beaten the under-20 New Zealand team. Once again. Um, yeah, look, all right, you won. We had a red card in like the 20th minute. so And then we had another yellow card. Um, so I'm not saying it wasn't pretty. It definitely wasn't pretty. You won. Um, congrats, you can finish fifth in this tournament now because none of us qualified for the top four. Um, <laughs> so all I'm hoping is that Ireland and France, who have made the final of the Under-20s World Cup, have used all their good Rugby World Cup juju on this World Cup. Yeah. And so that, that they, they statistically now they can't make the final because of the real World Cup because they've made the Under-20s. And you just can't do that. Like... You know, the, the gods of rugby will not let you make an under-20 World Cup final and yeah. a grown man's World Cup final. So I think it's Ireland versus France. France looked like the favourites. France beat England pretty convincingly, whereas Ireland yeah. held off the Springboks under-20. The setup for how that tournament... I've always thought this was a weird setup for how the top four get named because there's three pools. So the top yeah. team of each pool and then whoever comes second best... 
and one of the pools goes through. So New Zealand in that last game, they had to play Japan. If they had won by 67, they would have knocked England out of the World Cup, uh, the Under-20 World Cup, and England hadn't lost a game at that point, and that would have been quite hilarious for everyone involved. Um, Coach's corner, we already talked about Eddie Jones getting rolled up. Obviously, a lot of work to do um, with himself. Jamie Joseph has announced his resignation at the end of the World Cup with Japan, which I would assume now will make him one of the hotter prospects out there um, for a coaching job after this World Cup because everyone loves Jamie Joseph. Um, So I know the Blues have signed Vern Cotter. um, Hurricanes have obviously locked in. Crusaders have locked in. So I assume it's not going to be... Chiefs aren't going to be changing anytime soon. So my assumption will be he'll end up in over in Europe somewhere coaching a club team for uh, the moment. But, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he wants to, um, definitely takes over one of those European international teams somewhere down a, the line. He was a prospect along with Razor for the All Blacks job. The All Blacks job. He was yeah. very close. He was, I think he was closer to Razor than getting at that first interviews. He, and I'm pretty sure after the interviews, he kind of knew it was going to Ian Foster, so took his name out of the hat. I'm not sure, I can't, don't quote me on that. Do not quote me on that. But I'm pretty sure, like, yeah, he was right up there against um, Ian Foster for the job. And so, I, I, again, what he's done with Japan, I know Eddie Jones built a, a really good base, but he's taken them to another yep. level, I think. Um, so, yeah, I, I, and what he did with the Highlanders in his time there, I imagine there'll be some shark circling for his signature. Um, Tana Umanga also signs with Moana Pacifica after Aaron Major left the role. I, I'm interested with this. I, I think he'll connect really well with the players. He's got enough coaching experience now to he could do a good job. I just I'm I'm of the belief that it was never the coach that was the issue at Moana Pacifica. Mm. It was the structure of how it was set up, and the players just weren't yet ready. I think they'll get there. Um, and give them, you know, like, a, like the Hurricanes have had 25 years, all those other Super Rugby teams have had 25 years, but I just think it's it's more a Moana Pacific issue than a coach issue, but I'm excited that they've managed to sign a coach in Tana Umana. Yeah, I think it would be really positive for them. But, you know, it, there's, there's more, more issues there, but it's just, yeah, more experience to go along with the more winning ways. So, yeah, it's a good, good signing. Totally. And lastly, the Sam Kane streak incident. Have you seen this, my friend? Yes, yeah. I mean, lazy, like, if you're gonna do it, just fucking commit. You know, that's such a. And he's he's gonna get, he's getting in trouble anyway. I so know he's. They're gonna probably to ban him for a game. So I couldn't believe that. I was like, hey, I like your. I didn't even think about. Yeah, smoke the guy. Like, if you're gonna do it, just absolutely lay him out. He should have. And Sam Kane, who put on a couple of good hits in that game, um, I yeah, I can't believe that he's gonna get banned for tripping up a, a streaker who put himself in everyone else around him and stupidity. Like, I, I just go, look, uh, again, it's very Sam Kane 7, number 7-like, um, but, yeah, I just, uh, I like your idea. Smoke the cunt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you get to go for it, you just, because tripping just looks looks lazy. You can't even then build an excuse of like, oh, look, I was worried he was going to hurt some of my players, which is, you could use I think, as an excuse. If someone's rushing on the pitch, rushing towards you and your players, right, in a game where you're smoking the home team, then you can. I don't know. Yep. There's safety concerns to be had there, but yep. he just went for a little soccer player trip. So, yeah. Next time, any streaker that runs on the field, players just absolutely lay them out. That's all we want to see. Just um, 
Uh, also, if you're a streaker, streak. Don't fucking do it fully clothed. Like, I don't yeah. mind if you're just going to go, like, you know, um, buddy smugglers. Like, feel free. Like, you want to leave your undies on? Go with undies on. But if you're fully clothed, you're not a streaker. You're a weirdo. You've just run onto yeah. the pitch. Just go full Andrew Simons. And take yeah. Andrew Simons is, he's left, he's left a mark of how to do it. That's how you do it. It's a big weekend for both of our teams. Obviously, yep. you've got a, your team's got to bounce back. My team has to build on what we did and has one of the greatest challenges coming to us. But for now, that is all the rugby news. We'll keep you updated with Teamless, so make sure you follow us on all of the socials and our predictions. For now, I will say goodbye. My name's been Luke. That's been Husey. Goodbye. Peace.